0: The five-sensory human is someone who views the world through the five senses, therefore they rely on external power and see it as a finite source. They don't have a sense beyond the five senses, so they compete and fight for power. The multisensory human, however, believes there's more to life. They know their intentions cause and effect. Many people want to navigate life with peace and joy, but struggle to connect to their intuition. They find themselves overwhelmed, burned out, and frustrated. My name is Francesca Phillips and I'm obsessed with spirituality and psychology and how the two can intersect to help you live a successful and intuitive life. I believe each of us can accomplish amazing things through balance and healthy habits instead of burnout. Consider this your go-to resource for where spiritual wellness and mindful productivity meets practical wisdom. If you're craving positivity and want to know how to find the answers within, instead of searching endlessly without, then you're in the right place. Get ready to feel supported and inspired. This is The Good Space Podcast. You're listening to The Good Space Podcast, episode number seven, How to Live from a Place of Authentic Power. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, H.J. Phil, and they say, I am loving this new podcast. The concepts are bite-sized and accessible, but also thought-provoking and challenging. Francesca is so easy to listen to, and she gets into stuff without getting jargony. Thank you so much, H.J. Phil. I'm so glad you're loving the show and getting so much value. I am grateful for you. If you want to be highlighted in an upcoming episode and help further the mission of the good space, make sure to subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts so I can then highlight your review in an upcoming episode. It only takes a minute. You can pause the episode and come right back. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag us on your Instagram story at findyourgoodspace.com. Hashtag the good space to let me know that you're joining in today, as you know that I love to share those screenshots on our stories too. All right, let's begin. In previous episodes, we learned about the difference between the personality and the soul. Now it's time to talk about what true, authentic power is. If you haven't listened to those episodes on the personality and the soul, I suggest you do so after listening to this to get the most out of today's topic. There's an interview with Dr. Benjamin Hardy, an organizational psychologist, which is episode four and a solo show about why personality isn't you, which is episode 5. To give a quick review, the soul is so powerful that no physical matter could survive or handle the amount of light and power it holds. This is why the soul creates a personality. It's a dimmer, more contained mechanism the soul uses to navigate the physical world. By lessening its pure power, the soul is able to navigate the physical realm. Even though we can't access the full power of the soul while we're having a physical experience, we also aren't tapping into its fullest powerful potential. So today we're talking about the difference between external power and authentic power, how each may manifest in your life, and how to start using this knowledge practically. Most of the concepts and quotes I introduce are from the powerful book, The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukav. A link to his book is in the show notes. What is external power? External power is a finite, limited type of power that operates within a five-sensory framework, a person or society who believes that power is outside of themselves, based on what they can interpret with the five senses—touch, sight, hearing, smell, and taste. The reason this type of power is troublesome and disempowering is because the basis of this type of power is fear— and because of that fear, it causes people to want to dominate and control their environment. They need physical proof of their power since their perception stays only within the five physical senses. Gary Zukov says, The need for physical dominance produces a type of competition that affects every aspect of our lives. It disrupts the natural tendency toward harmony between nations and between friends. End quote. Eternal power can be acquired or lost, bought or stolen, transferred or inherited, Someone's gain is your loss and vice versa. Zukov says, all our institutions, social, economic, and political, reflect our understanding of power as external. The country's history of slavery, external power, that's a prime example of the need for physical dominance. Police departments and military represent power as external as well. Even seeing the badge, uniform, and boots can instill fear. It's a symbol of fear. The way economics are shaped come from seeing power as external as well. Something that's owned by the few then dished out to the many. The many who become victims to power. That's why there are agencies that protect consumers and workers. The list could go on and on and on and the intricacies could create an even longer conversation. But that's for another day. Eckhart Tolle says that power over others is weakness disguised as strength. True power is within and is available to you now. Our society conditioned itself to believe that external power equals strength, when really it's a weakness. Weakness because trying to have power over others means you're operating in the limited physical world, which means you never truly own whatever you fight to have power over to begin with. That power is purely based on external forces. That's disempowering. I want to challenge you to start thinking of the concept of power differently. In Malcolm Gladwell's book, David and Goliath, he breaks down why David, being small, without proper armor, training, or weapons, actually gave him an advantage over Goliath, who was much bigger in stature, had the best armor, and a history of being undefeated. Power was defined by the five senses and valued in one specific way even then. Most of you know how this story turned out, though. David won. This story and many others around us prove that power is more than the world defines it. Zukov wraps it up nicely when he says, anything we fear to lose is a symbol of external power. I know in the past that I myself have seen power as external when I feared losing money or friendships, when someone else got a scholarship or a job instead of me, I felt I missed out. Thankfully, I know better, and you do too. When we view power as external, it splinters the psyche. It causes pain and violence. Oprah once said, We're living in a world of fear-based leadership which is only going to lead to more fear and more fear and create more fear unless we the people can authentically align with ourselves, end quote. The good news is you can authentically align with yourself. No longer is it acceptable to stay a five sensory person, someone who only believes in the five senses. The concept of evolution is changing as we speak. We're leaving this outdated model behind. All right, so let's talk about what is authentic power, As you may already imagine, authentic power is the kind that, as Gary Zukav says, loves life in every form that it appears. Authentic power doesn't judge and finds meaning and purpose in the smallest details on earth. Zukav says, when we align our thoughts, emotions, and actions with the highest part of ourselves, we are filled with enthusiasm, purpose, and meaning. I love that because this hits home that authentic power can't be bought inherited, stolen, and someone with authentic power doesn't have it in them to make anyone feel like a victim. They wish for everyone to connect to their authentic power. You may have realized by now that the evolutionary process isn't purely a physical one. Rather, it's a spiritual one where spiritual empowerment and evolution is the main purpose for existing at all on the physical plane. It is the purpose of our being. We're going from five-sensory to multi-sensory humans. Five-sensory covers the physical aspects of existence and resides in external power, while the multisensory extends beyond the physical and allows you to obtain authentic power. So let's go into that a little bit more. As mentioned earlier, the five-sensory human is someone who views the world through the five senses. Therefore, they rely on external power and see it as a finite source. They don't have a sense beyond the five senses, so they compete and fight for power, a five-sensory person believes they're alone in the physical world, that they're unaccountable to their existence and must fight to survive. They also believe that intentions have no effect, that what they do or intend doesn't affect them or those around them. The multisensory human, however, believes there's more to life. They know their intentions cause an effect. Gary Zukav says, from the perception of the multisensory human, every intention affects both us and others, and the effects of intentions extend far beyond the physical world. Multisensory humans see the physical as a learning environment shared jointly with other souls. They believe every situation or incident is there for their learning and evolution. This is the concept that rocked my world when reading The Seed of the Soul. Before... I would unconsciously react to situations and place judgments or emotions on them. But after reading this book, I realized that every event or interaction that requires a reaction from me is an opportunity to evolve, to learn. And that the more I reacted unconsciously and negatively, the more that lesson would repeat throughout my life. So, of course, after reading that, I wanted to make sure that I was teaching myself to react and to learn and grow from an authentic place and no longer allowing that sense of external power to rule my decisions. And I hope that it sparks something within you and allows you to find that change within yourself as well. So what sensory type do you recognize within yourself? Which do you tend to use when you're reacting to situations? I'm sure as you were listening to some of the examples or traits that you thought, ooh, I do that, or oh, that's me. I know I definitely saw a bit of both in me, but more the external power, because it's not something we're taught. It's not something that's obvious most of the time. Until someone points it out, then you start realizing, oh, oh, yeah, I totally was five sensory in that situation or, ooh, I'm actually pretty good at being multi-sensory. So it's kind of a fun game within your life. And it's a game that actually helps you evolve and become a better version of yourself. So all around, it's good. Even as you're learning this stuff, don't be hard on yourself or judge too harshly. I'm proud of you for getting this far and being open to thinking differently in a way that benefits your own spiritual evolution. The most important thing you could do for yourself in your journey to authentic power is to be open, to continue being curious and stretching the boundaries of your perceptions and frames of reference. I love this quote from Gary Zukav. He says, When a question is asked that cannot be answered within the common frame of reference, it could be classified as nonsensical. It can be dismissed as a question that is not appropriate. Or the person who is asking a question can expand his or her consciousness To encompass a frame of reference from which the question can be answered, the seeker, the true scientist, will allow himself or herself to expand into a frame of reference from which the answers that he or she is seeking can be understood. End quote. That was a big one, but let's break it down because it is so insanely powerful. So all of us have a common frame of reference. We get it from family or the way we're raised or, you know, our experiences, we basically learn and adapt and and create these common perceptions that we operate in the world. And a lot of times it's unconsciously. So unless your parents know this information and sat you down and taught you how to act consciously in the world, 99% of the time, most of us were not consciously taught how to exist in the world. A lot of times when a common frame of reference I I consider it like a boundary or, or like a circle that this is my knowledge and anything outside of it is something I don't know. And so a lot of times when that's challenged, when we're challenged to step over the boundary of what we know, it doesn't make sense or that doesn't that's not appropriate. Basically, the ego kind of acts defensive and it feels like, whoa, you're challenging what I've accepted to be true or you're challenging what. I like to think of in this situation so therefore it's probably wrong you're probably crazy yada yada and it goes on so uh, that's usually how a lot of people respond and I know I have been guilty of that in the past so guilty of that but the other choice that we have is when something challenges us or it causes us to ask a question we can expand our consciousness we can choose to to stretch our comfort zone a little bit and think hmm if this opinion or thought or information is being given to me rather than feeling defensive or offended how could i get into a space spiritually to have a better reference for which to understand this information and at the end of the day you might open yourself to having a better frame of reference and be like, you know what it's not for me. I still don't believe in that or I still it's it doesn't feel right. Great. but at least you did it with a conscious choice. You're not unconsciously defending or fighting or batting against it. you're actually, consciously rooted in your soul and you're open and you're expanding your frame of reference and then i think that is the difference so that's why he says the seeker the true scientist will allow himself or herself to expand into a frame of reference so that the answers they're seeking can be understood and i believe that scientist is such a great word because that's what they do they are curious by nature They stretch the boundaries of their perceptions and frames of reference all the time. That is their goal, to seek the ultimate truth, and so we can be those kinds of people in our own lives. So how does this look? I see it as refusing to be offended or defensive when someone challenges an identity your ego holds, whether you attach to a political party, religion, sports team, or even racial class when someone seemingly challenges it, recognize that no one can take away your inherent power. It can't be bought stolen or inherited so therefore labels don't really matter they only matter to the five sensory world who uses them to categorize where power is distributed so knowing that your power is inherent it should be okay to listen to and talk to someone who has a different viewpoint because at the end of the day we're all one and these identities don't matter Okay, so per usual, I like to tie everything up with a practical application. I know I gave some vague examples, but I wanted to share two examples from my life to see if that would help you know how to apply this knowledge in your everyday. Aside from becoming aware of the beliefs and identities that affect your perception of power, there are other ways you can continue expanding your common frame of reference. Reading books, listening to podcasts, praying, meditating, have a morning routine that's my favorite, daily reflecting and seeing every situation that requires a reaction from you as a learning experience. I want to hang on to that last one a little bit. Every situation you get into is a chance for your soul to evolve a little higher. So here are two examples to help illustrate how to use this principle in everyday life. Last week, my family had to put our sweet dog Daisy down because of old age. She was the dog that changed everything for me. She taught me how to open my heart more and live in the present. I begged my parents to get her when I was 15, and even though I moved to LA at 18, she was there for all of my major life events—Sweet 16, graduating high school and college, all the family holidays, getting married, and more. She was an even bigger part of my parents' everyday life, so it was hard on all of us. But I had just read The Seed of the Soul and remembered the idea that everything is an experience for our soul's evolution. So even though I felt pain at the loss, I knew this was a chance to evolve, that how I responded would help grow bigger or go backwards. So I let myself grieve. Then I made sure to check in on my family and offer up gratitude for how her experience on Earth enhanced mine. So although I still allowed myself to feel all the emotions, it was a conscious feeling and it was a conscious, deliberate decision. And that is just way more powerful than doing it unconsciously. As another example, I got into a back and forth with a longtime friend about a political issue. The fact it started on text aside, I remember not feeling great. My reaction to the situation was frustration and exasperation. But then I remembered that evolution is a choice. So how did I want to react in this situation? What am I supposed to learn and evolve towards that this interaction is trying to teach me? So I called her on the phone and said, no matter what, I still care about you and love you. I didn't want a conversation about a heated topic during a heated time in society to ruin a friendship. I realized I was meant to choose love and compassion instead of anger. It softened my heart and hers and I felt humble. Don't be afraid to become conscious of your intentions, to ask what every situation is asking you to learn. Life becomes more bright and less scary when you do. So the difference is I'm not telling you to ignore emotions or not feel things, but feel it consciously. You can still feel frustrated or upset, but if you can step back from a situation and think, hmm, I'm feeling frustrated and angry. I wonder why that is. Oh, okay. Because of this situation, how can I choose better? How can I use this for my evolution? And then you can choose love. You can choose joy. You can choose compassion, but It doesn't mean that you ignore those other feelings. It just means you're being deliberate, that you are choosing how to evolve through that situation. And before you know it, every situation you come into and you choose the reaction of, you're going to notice that your life and your energy goes higher and higher and higher. And it just starts with each moment. Now it's time for an affirmation I am open to expanding the boundaries of my perception. I embrace consciousness in every situation and choose love and compassion every time. If any of today's episode touched you, please share a screenshot with your takeaway on Instagram and tag at findyourgoodspace. If you wish you had friends you could talk to about this topic, make sure to join our private Facebook group. The link is in the show notes along with a link to the Seed of the Soul. See you next week.